Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with the medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your health care provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well, 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 how's everyone doing this Monday? I hope you had a great weekend. I'm so glad the weather's kind of settling down here now and it's starting to go down and I love it. Um, coming towards, you know, September. Ugh, it's going to be the best time now. Don't have to worry about it being so hot and so cold. But how's everything going with all of you out there? I hope you're having a great time. Um, let me give you a brief update in regards to my health. I did go, my last test was the MRI. And I thought it was going to be on my legs. And come to find out, it was on my spine again. The doctor wanted to see how it's progressed in regards to my pain. It's like having pain with a sciatic nerve uh, 24 hours a day, but he wanted to see how that was looking. I couldn't do it. They used to give the medication there where they would have you drink this medication that might that made you, you know, calm down, relax, and had no issues going into the um, MRI machine. But they stopped doing that, and I didn't know that, and... First, when the doctor put me in, or the radiologist puts me in, my stomach was hitting the top of the thing, so I knew that was going to be an issue. So she pulled me out and was going to take off some of the mattresses that were on underneath me to give me more room. Well, that didn't make it that far because I asked her how long it was going to take for this test to be done, and she told me 45 minutes. I knew then that I should have never asked how long it was going to take. And I've never had one take that long. Usually it's around 25 minutes, and I can handle that. But nope, this one was going to be 45 minutes. And when she told me that, I said, nope, there's no way I'm going to be able to stay in there for that long. And it, it, it's so, you know, I just, I don't like MRIs, but I'll do it if I have my anxieties controlled. And if they give me medication, that's fine. I'll do it then. But they don't do it anymore. So I, you know what, I just said, you know, never mind. I'll figure out something else. And it was only on my spine, which, you know, I already know the problem there. If it's gotten worse, then, you know, I don't know how we're going to deal with it. I wish I would have had, before any of this happened, was have that, um, the uh, stimulator that goes into your spine area. You know, I wish I would have had that done. But... I think it's too late for that, but that's where I'm at. Um, now it's just a matter of going, getting that surgery done on both my legs. It's an in and out procedure. And 
and hopefully that opens up the arteries and veins that I need for the circulation of blood to get down to my feet and hopefully that eliminates my pain. Alright, so let's get into what this subject's going to be. I believe we are on number four, I think, of our, um, of our discussion. Yes, number four. In our discussion to go to uh, talk about the different neuropathies. There's five of them, and we're on number four. And this one's the proximal neuropathy. And we'll talk about that and how it compares to the other three that we've already gone over. Just so you have that information with you. And I always post it after my talks, but proximal neuropathy is a rare and disabling type of nerve damage in your hip, buttock, and thighs. This type of nerve damage typically affects one side of your body and may rarely spread to the other side. Proximal neuropathy is more common in men than in women and more common in people older than 50 years old. So that was a brief description. Now let's get into the heart of the paper, uh, the article here. What is proximal neuropathy? Proximal neuropathy is a rare and disabling type of nerve damage, which I've already said in your hip, buttock, or thigh. This type of nerve damage typically affects one side of your body and may rarely spread to the other one. Proximal neuropathy is more common in men than in women and more common in people older than 50. Most people with this condition have type 2 diabetes. So what causes proximal neuropathy? Over time, high blood glucose, also called blood sugar, and high levels of fats in the blood from diabetes can damage your nerves and the small blood vessels that nourish your nerves, leading to proximal neuropathy. So what are some of the symptoms? The symptoms may include sudden and sometimes severe pain in the hip, buttock or thigh, weakness in your legs that makes it difficult to stand from a sitting position, loss of reflexes such as the knee jerk reflex, autonomic movement of your lower leg when a doctor taps on the area below your kneecap, muscle wasting or the loss of muscle tissue, and weight loss. After the symptoms start, they typically get worse and then gradually improve over a period of months or years. In many cases, the symptoms do not go away completely. So how do doctors diagnose proximal neuropathy? Doctors diagnose proximal neuropathy by asking about your symptoms and performing tests such as nerve conduction studies, which I've had three of those done, and electro myography or EMG. Nerve condition studies check how fast electrical signals move through the nerves in different parts of your body. EMG shows how your muscles respond to your nerves. So how can I help proximal neuropathy? You can help treat proximal neuropathy by managing your diabetes, which means managing your blood glucose, blood pressure, and cholesterol. How do doctors treat proximal neuropathy? Your doctor may treat the pain of a proximal neuropathy with the same medicines used to treat peripheral neuropathy pain. Your doctor may also recommend physical therapy to help increase your strength and occupational therapy to help you with your daily activities. 
Most people recover from proximal neuropathy within a few years, even without treatment. So that article, that's pretty much it about proximal neuropathy. I guess there's not very much things that go wrong when you have it, just those three items. But I was reading here the main, you know, what does proximal neuropathy feel like? The main symptom is nerve pain that starts in the upper thigh of one leg and can involve the hip and lower back. Weight loss is a symptom in about 35% of the patients with proximal neuropathy and about 18% experience weaknesses in the affected area in addition to the pain. So is there a cure for proximal neuropathy? This condition is reversible and can be done through the controlled blood sugar levels proper diet, physical exercise, medication, good mental health, and avoid smoking and drinking. Physical therapy is used to restore the nerves in the legs, and this will bring back the feelings in the limbs. Also, that's pretty nice to have at least one of the neuropathies that can be reversed. Um, I haven't had that much luck in the other ones yet that I've read about. So what is the difference between proximal and peripheral neuropathy? Unlike peripheral neuropathy, which affects the ends of the nerves in the feet, legs, hands, and arms, proximal neuropathy affects in the thighs, the nerves in the thighs, hips, buttocks, or legs. This condition is more common in people who have type 2 diabetes and in older adults, which so is the other one too. Uh, peripheral neuropathy comes from issues with type 2 diabetes. Uh, there isn't really anything said about older adults, but you know, that's how I got mine. My peripheral neuropathy was through um, type 2 diabetes, so you know, I don't understand that part of it, but that may be a mistype. I don't know. So here's a good one What can be mistaken for neuropathy? Because peripheral artery disease affects the lower extremities. They can sometimes be mistaken for peripheral neuropathy symptoms and vice versa. However, in contrast, there are a few outlying symptoms that set them apart. They include cramps in the thighs, calves, ankles, buttocks, or feet. And see this little um, insert says right here, what is the number one medical condition that causes neuropathy? Diabetes is the leading cause of polyneuropathy in the U.S. About 60-70% to 70 of people with diabetes have mild to severe forms of nerve problems that can cause numbness, tingling, or burning feet, one-sided bands or pain, and numbness and weakness on the trunk or pelvis. Now, I have an interesting... Um, answer to give to you guys here in regards to what is the newest treatment for neuropathy and this just came out on January 26, 2023. The Abbott Company announced today that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration has approved its Proclaim XR Spinal Cord Stimulation System to treat painful diabetic peripheral neuropathy a debilitating com complication of diabetes. Okay, so I'm going to write that down. And I suggest all of you write this down too. 
and I'm going to take you to my pain doctor the next time I see him, which is this month, next week, and I'm going to give him this information and tell him this is what I want. If this is going to help me, if it's going to be better for me to take this, well, I'm still going to take the medication, but if this lasts longer than medication to help me with the pain, I want it implanted now. So that's what I'm going to do. And I hope all of you take my suggestion of doing this also for those out there that have pain. I have another article here that I'd like to read to you. It also has um, how to improve the symptoms of neuropathy or diabetic neuropathy in regards to stem cells. Research shows that stem cells improve neuropathy by directly modulating both the physical process through which new blood vessels form and the process of myelin sheath formation around the nerve to allow the nerve impulses to move more quickly. Right now, there are currently 47 studies listed on clinical trials evaluating the safety and or effectiveness of stem cells for the treatment of diabetic neuropathy. So stem cells are self-renewing cells that can be found in almost all organs and tissues, including bone marrow, uh, your tissue, umbilical cord blood, compact bone, and others. Based on the clinical research, the Stem Cells Transplant Institute in Costa Rica recommends to use an umbilical cord-derived stem cells for the treatment of diabetic neuropathy. You know, as they're talking about this um, umbilical cord blood uh, for the stem cells, when um, my twins were born, they asked us at the hospital if we wanted to let them keep that so they could use it for stem cell research. And we said, yeah, there's no problem. Go ahead. Oh, but there was an issue. They wanted us to pay them to go ahead and get the work done. <laughs> Come on. You know, this should be something that's free. You shouldn't have to pay for it. This is going to help out those that do need stem cell research done. And, you know, I just don't know why a hospital would, would turn around and say, hey, can we take your twins' umbilical cords? But we need you to put the money down for it. So that, that was just crazy. And so when it comes to Costa Rica, they have one of the best health care systems in the world and is ranked among the highest in medical tourism. Using the most advanced technologies, the team of experts at the Stem Cells Transplant Institute believes in the potential of stem cell therapy for the treatment of neuropathies. Um, and it says that they are committed into providing personalized service and the highest quality of care to every patient. Who, who, would, who would think? that Costa Rica has one of the best healthcare symptom systems in the world. What happened to us here in the US? I cannot believe that they are the best, man. So, you know, hey, that's something else you might want to take with you and look into it further. I'm not going to get to that here, but you know, look at um look up Costa Rica and their healthcare symptoms in regards to neuropathy. And see what kind of things you'll find. You know, I know a lot of people that go to other countries, you know, to get um, implants done for their teeth. 
surgeries. Um, there's a lot of things that they go to other countries for, but you need to be very careful also. But, um, you know, give it a shot. Check out Costa Rica and see what they've got to offer for neuropathies. I know many ask me this question all the time in, in regards to can neuropathy be reversed? And I keep telling everyone, you know, it, I feel it depends on what stage you're at in regards to the progression of your neuropathy. But right here, as I read, it says the body is not able to repair nerve tissues that have been damaged, meaning the diabetic neuropathy cannot be reversed. However, the side effects can be managed and neuropathy treatment often focuses, focuses on preventing further damage from happening. So there's not, you know, you still got that chance of at least managing you know, the uh, nerve damage, but yeah, once your nerves are damaged, and there's a lot of people out there trying to sell you pills that um, say that they can cure it or, or repair it, and I've taken some of those pills before just to try them out to see if it did anything, and they didn't do anything for me at all. You know, maybe different for you, I took a whole month's worth, and you know, I don't know, it, it didn't work for me. I'm not going to say that it doesn't work for everyone. There may be that few out there that it works for, but not in my case. Let me go ahead and read this last article here. It gives another perspective of proximal neuropathy. Proximal neuropathy is known by many names and is a relatively rare type of diabetic neuropathy that occurs in about 1% of patients with type 2 diabetes. It tends to affect older adults and can strike those with recently diagnosed or well-controlled diabetes. The main symptom is nerve pain that starts in the upper thigh of one leg and can involve the hip and lower back. Weight loss is a symptom in about 35% of patients with proximal neuropathy and about 18% experience weakness in the affected area in addition to the pain. Rarely, proximal neuropathy can occur in the arm. As the condition progresses over months, the pain can spread to involve the upper and lower parts of your legs, both legs. After several months, symptoms tend to ease off, but patients can be left with lasting disability including foot drop and reference and recurrence of symptoms. The symptoms of diabetic neuropathy may resemble other conditions or medical problems. Always consult your doctor for a diagnosis. And for those that don't know what a foot drop is, let me uh, read it to you real quick here. And the reason why I bring up this last topic, foot drop, is because I thought I had it. From what the uh, definition of it is, I thought that maybe this was something I had also because I had a lot of dragging my feet. And that also gave me a lot of times where I'd fall down too. So, you know, I couldn't lift up my foot. It would hit the curb or, you know, so on and so on. So foot drop, it's one where two divine foot drop it would be a condition characterized by difficulty in lifting the front of the foot toward 
the shin due to either weakness or paralysis in the muscles involved. So, foot drop, also known as drop foot, may be the result of a number of different underlying conditions and disorders. While drop foot typically affects only one foot, it is possible for the condition to involve both feet. If you, if one were to define foot drop, it would be as a condition characterized by difficulty in lifting the front of the foot toward the shin due to either weakness or paralysis. Stroke is a common cause of foot drop, with approximately one in five stroke survivors experience this symptoms. As a result of a stroke, a portion of the brain is deprived of oxygen, resulting in the death of neural tissues and the loss of all or some of the functions controlled by the affected areas of the brain. So that was just real brief. I just wanted to throw that in there because they just talked about it in regards to proximal neuropathy. And like I said, I thought I had this issue too. Um, my doctor said, no, I don't. So that's where I stood. But thank you for all being here for this episode. You know, we only have one left. Our fifth neuropathy, which is cranial neuropathy, which is something new to me. And probably new to you because this one I have found was never really listed with any of the others and maybe I overlooked it but I looked it up and found it so we're going to talk about that for our final discussion and then there's one other topic I want to talk about too and we'll get into that next week but thank you again for being here part of this podcast I'm so grateful to have you with me and I'm so grateful for those that do listen Um, Like I said, I also send and make sure that all the um, research papers that I used for this episode are posted so all of you can read it yourself. But thank you again, and I will talk to you next Monday. Bye. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.